Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. We're so excited you're here. Today is uh, we're continuing a series that we began last week called This Is Us. This is us. Would you agree with me before we get started that family is important? Would you agree with that? I mean, family's important. It's very, very important. In our culture today, that sometimes it, it somehow it just tries to diminish family. But family is important. And so today we're going to talk about this is family. How that today we need family more than ever before. And so before I dive into that, I want to remind you of a commitment that we made as a church. And, and it is this. In 2018, look what it said. This is our statement for the year. Let's read it together. You ready? Come on. 2018 is my time to, to act. What does that stand for? Apply, change, and teach. Listen, there's no good. I read a statement, a, um, a statement that was made that said this. It said, you know, uh, when, we can, when we get more knowledge, you can change our mind. But our lives only change when we take action. Knowledge can change my life, but only, uh, knowledge can change my mind, but only action changes my life. And so today, before we even go any further, we're, we're, make up your mind today that one thing that's said, one thing that's said that you're going to circle that and say, okay, I'm going to put that into practice. Because listen, if you keep doing the same thing that you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. And I prayed too hard for you to stay where you are. Did you hear that? I'm serious as I can. I have prayed too hard for you for you to stay where you are. You've got to get better. You see what I'm saying? Your life has got to get better. I've got to see you get better so I can be encouraged in my faith. So you've got you to practice what God is saying to you, whatever he says to you. So I want to talk to you today about three traits of an awesome family. And again, you say, if I'm single, whatever, listen, you have, everybody's got somebody you're connected to, so this is going to apply to all of us. But I want to give you three traits today, and we're, and we're, going, to, we're going to have fun, but we're going to learn together that we can get better. You can't do better, be better till you know better, right? And today, so I want to help you in that term, maybe know a little bit better so that you can get better. So circle something today that you're going to apply this week. Let me tell you what else to do with that. Once you circle that, don't leave it on that paper. I want you to just write it down every day this week. Just write down what you said you're going to apply. And then you keep writing it down until it finally gets inside of you. I want to talk to these three traits I want to talk to you about. The first one is this. You write this down. Awesome families have fun together. Awesome families have fun together. The key ingredient for families is having fun together. We have to have fun together. And, and the comment that I hear people say a lot of times is like, you know, well, we just don't have the money to do that. Well, let me just tell you something. You don't have to spend a lot of money to have fun. You just don't have to, you don't have to spend a lot of money to have fun. 
The Bible says this. Look what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9 and 9. Let's read that first word out loud. You ready? Come on. You ready? One, two, three. Enjoy. Okay. Let's say that again. You ready? One, two, three. Enjoy. Now look what we're going to enjoy. We're going to enjoy life with who? Your wife or husband. You got to make up your mind to do that, right? So many people say, well, I'm stuck like Chuck. Oh, no. With that attitude, you will be stuck. No. Enjoy Enjoy life with your wife, whom you what? You love, that's right. And so let me just say this, in order to keep that, in order, and, and families start with mom and dad, okay? It starts there with husband and wife. And so what I want to tell you is this, is that as you, as you begin to march into this new era of your life, then you have to plan time to, to have fun together. Look at me just a second. You know, I'm your parent, not a pastor, I'm not your parent. <laughs> I'm your pastor who tries to be transparent with you. I want you to learn from my mistakes. Rhonda and I, uh, when we were, our, you know, at our marriage, uh, probably about 15 years of, that, of being married, we were doing like everybody else. It was all about our kids, and, and it was just, you know, we weren't enjoying. I was not enjoying my wife, and she wasn't enjoying me. We were just living together and just going through the motions. But we found something that turned that around, and that was that we learned to have time together. We started planning time together. We went to a counselor, he said, listen, you guys have got to plan time together. And so we started planning time together. And I wanna tell you, that one thing turned our whole marriage around. And back then, listen, you say, well, you know, I love to do all this date night stuff you talk about, Pastor, but we just don't have the money. We didn't either then. We were going through financial peace because we was trying to get that together too. And so we had 20 bucks a week that we could spend on a date night. And I want to tell you something. You know what we did? We went to Chick-fil-A, baby, got a chicken sandwich. We drove to Fayetteville to the dollar movie, got paid a dollar for the movie apiece and $12 for the popcorn. We spent $20 and we had a great time. <laughs> and I was quiet on the ride home. Okay. Some of you will get that if you've been around a while. But so what I'm telling you is that, you know, is that you don't, you can, you don't have to spend a lot of money to do that. Matter of fact, since we're on that topic, I, I read a, uh, I read a uh, study by the uh, University of Arizona. It says Arizona State University researchers found that married couples instructed to frequently kiss reported not only less stress and more relationship satisfaction, but also a decrease in bad cholesterol levels. Compared with the non-necking group, the kissing couples said they exercised more, argued less, had less conflict, and understood each other better. I say, kiss the girl. Psalms 127 and 3, look what it says. Children are a what? And a gift from the Lord. Children are a blessing and a gift from the Lord. Sometimes you want to do a gift exchange, don't you? Anybody ever been there? Okay, yeah. In order, to, in order for us to, as families, again, we have to plan time. Remember, it's plan time if we're going to have fun. You have to plan the time. It, just, it will not just happen. And I would tell you that, you know, one of the things that, that we must learn to do as families is we've got to quit laughing at each other. And we have to learn to laugh with each other. Did you hear that? You know, laughing at your children's mistakes or laughing at your spouse's mistakes or whatever and, may, and poking fun at them, laughing at them is no good, but laughing with them is great. See what I'm talking about? And so learn to, learn to have fun. Like, 
Listen, when your kids are smaller, get the board games out. Turn the television off. Get that game sorry out. The kids love that game, especially mom and dad. When you let them win, you got to let them win. You have to, listen, you don't, if you go out there and say, oh, I'm dominating, you win every time. They're not going to play with you anymore. Let them win. I met this guy one time. We was playing volleyball at his house, and I never forget this. His, little, his daughter was probably 10 years old, and she was on the other team, and I mean, he drilled her over and over. Just to win. I'm like, man, listen, it's okay. You don't have to win. Okay. One of the greatest memories that I have in my, uh, with my kids growing up is that we were at our house, and the power went out. One night. It was a winter day. I, I don't know if it had snowed or what. I can't remember, but the power went out. And we, and some of their friends were over, and we played Uno way into the morning with candlelight. It was a great, it's one of the greatest memories that I have. Listen, make time to do that. And I would say that one of the greatest things that we have in our, in our community is that we have a school system that's out every six weeks. <laughs> I don't even know if they go to school on Mondays anymore or not. Uh, but, but anyways... But they're, they're already playing. And, and listen, that doesn't mean that you got to go out of town. It doesn't mean you got to spend this money. It's just a reminder. Every six weeks is a reminder. Hey, have we done anything fun lately together? It's a reminder. Well, just do something fun. Plan that time to do something fun. You know, like we like to do like a little day trip to Stone Mountain Park or, or to one of, the, you know, one of the hiking trails here at Panola Mountain. There's all kinds of things that you can do. And every time that you plan something, one of your kids goes, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Go do it anyway. Guess what? Usually once you get there and you start doing it, then they get over that, right? So don't ever let one of your kids say, oh, oh, just go. And then watch what happens, all right? They'll get that bad attitude. Listen, if you walk long enough on these walking trails or Stone Mountain, they usually walk that bad attitude out. Okay. All right. So I have this next step for you. It says this on the back of your kid. It says, I will plan time. I will plan time to have fun with my family. Why don't you go ahead and check that and plan some time to have fun with your family? Okay, number two is this. Number two, awesome families learn about life together. Awesome family learn about life together. The Bible says this in, about Jesus. Look what it says. In Luke 2 and 52, it says this. Jesus grew in what? Wisdom. You know what that means? That means he grew mentally. Okay, Men Jesus developed mentally. Okay, he got wiser. He grew in wisdom. He grew in wisdom and what? Stature. You know what that means? Physically. He didn't, you know, he grew up. His bodily, he grew up. He, he was a, born a baby, but he grew up into a man. And then it goes on and says, and in favor with who? You know, that meant spiritually. Jesus grew spiritually. He grew in favor with God. And then the last one, and with who? Man, right? You know what that meant? That meant relationally. Jesus grew relationally. He learned how to get along with people. You know, and that's uh, Jesus grew mentally, physically, spiritually, and relationally. Uh, and so what do we learn from our families? There's two things I want to share with you that I think that we learn from our families. And the first one uh, is uh, probably the most severe and the most critical. And the first one is this, is we learn how to handle conflict. We learn how to handle conflict. This is where we learn how to fight right. And this is so critical because, listen, 
I would say that you're, the way that you manage conflict in your relationship and your family is the way that your parents did it. And it's probably the way their parents did it. And it's probably the way their parents did it. Let me tell you something. That's great if it's right. But if it's not right, then you have to break the cycle, right? You have to break that. And, uh, and so what I want to tell you is that, you know, the majority of people don't get this right. And Ron and I, again, did not get this right. You know why? Because we didn't fight in front of our kids. Now, when I say fight, I'm not talking about punching, okay? I'm talking about verbally, you know, having those arguments or whatever. Rhonda and I would never do that in front of our kids. We always took our, our, um, our argument to, like, the, the, to the bedroom when the kids weren't there, you know? And we'd never do it loud. They never even knew that we did it. They never had a clue. And I'm going to tell you something. We jacked our kids up. We did not prepare them for life. I remember one time my son Tyler was around uh, a couple. We, we was around a couple, and they got loud with each other. It freaked him out. He about had a meltdown, a breakdown right there. He had never seen it. What's going on? His world's ending, right? I said, son, it's okay. They're just having a little argument. He'd never experienced that before. And you'd think that would be a great trait. It's not a great trait. And one thing, if Rhonda and I could go and do it over again, you know what? We'd have it out in front of our kids. Not in, a, not in a screaming match or yeah, We wouldn't just like go. We, we, would have, we would have conflict in front of our kids. Why? Because they got to see that. And so listen, some of you are like yellers and screamers. You're like, oh, I got that down. Woo-hoo. No, 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 no. There's a balance there, right? Because what I know in this room right now, I know there's, there's people in this room right now that you're a skunk. You know what a skunk is when it comes to conflict? A skunk is a person who walks in the room, and when they're mad, they just go off on everybody, and they stink up the whole place. Okay, don't, don't be pointing fingers right now, right? You just keep looking at me. And so they just stink up everything. Oh, they let every, everybody knows how they feel. Oh, everybody knows it. But then there's also the turtles. You know what the turtles do? Is that when conflicts happen, they draw on their shell. They don't say anything. They just let it keep brewing on the inside. And you know what I've learned is this, is that skunks and turtles marry each other. So don't, listen, don't be pointing, just look at me. And so skunks and turtles marry each other, and then once they marry each other, then it's on, you know, you have to learn how to, and guess what, I was a skunk and Ronald was a turtle. And so we had to learn, she had to learn to speak up, I had to learn to shut up. And that's the truth. We had to learn that. We had to learn, and we had to learn, you know, that it's okay to, to, to argue, and it's okay. You got to get it out, and it's okay that we got to do it the right way, though, and that's what I want to challenge you as well. The, the letter B is this, is the second thing that we learn from our families is we learn to, to be resilient. We learn to be resilient. I would say this, that it's so important to allow your family to have failures, while they're at home, especially your children. While your children are home, it, you need to let them have failures. And again, this is something that Rhonda and I struggle with because we, you know, we, we want our kids to have, we don't want to hurt their little self-esteem and we, we want to make sure everything's just right with them and, and we wouldn't let them fail. And so one of the things that we had to learn to do is that we had to let them fail. And let me tell you, it's better that they learn failure in your home than they get out and go to college and they have a failure and then they're moving back home and they ain't doing nothing. Because they've never had failure, right? And they're scared to death of the world. And like, I can't do that. And they just have a meltdown and breakdown and all that stuff. And it's hard to get back up from it. And so what we have to teach our kids is this. And what we have to learn is in marriage, and we have to learn as parents is this, is that, listen, it's okay to have a failure. Just because you have a failure in something doesn't make you a failure as a person. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
He said, just because, you, just because you failed at something does not make you a failure. Listen, just because, listen, you normally get honor roll, and this time you didn't quite make the honor roll, you're not a failure. You had a, you had a failing grade, but that doesn't make you a failure, somebody. Amen? Amen. Just because you got turned down for that job that you wanted and you thought you should have got and you failed at that does not make you a failure. Just because you failed a college class does not make you a failure. Just because you got dumped by a boyfriend or a girlfriend doesn't make you a failure. See what I'm talking about? And, and so many times we feel like failures. We just, let me just say this. Just because you've gotten in a mess financially... Just because, you know, you've jacked this up financially, you've screwed up your finances and you in over your head, it does not make you a failure. You can choose to go through financial peace and come out of that mess, be resurrected from the dead and have a better future. Glory to God, amen, I'm preaching something today. That's right. We, you got what you, today is the last day. If you haven't signed up for financial peace, write it on your connection card and get in there. Get better, get better. You know what? The Bible says this in, in uh, Proverbs 24 and 16. Look what it says. For though the righteous fall, how many times? Seven times. Let's read what's underlined. Ready? Come on. They rise again. They rise again. You have failures. You know what? People ask me, I, this little kid that was my mentor for a while, he's not a little kid now, he's a grown man. But he asked me, sometimes we're right, he says, every time my anniversary, Rhonda and I's anniversary comes around, he knows when it is. His name's Jalen. He knows when it is. He said, Pastor Jeff, it's how many years now? He said, it's what, 30 what? And I said, well, we just crossed 30, Jalen. He said, how, do you, how have you stayed married 30 years to one person? How do you do that? I'll tell you why. Because Rhonda and I decided we're team dolls. That's why. We're team dolls. And that means that we, you know, we go through difficult times. We have failure. But team dolls don't stay down. Team dolls gets up again. With my children, we don't give up on our children. No, our children have failures. But hey, they get down, but they get back up again. We rise again. Team dolls is a winner. Team dolls is not a quitter. Team dolls is a keep on keeping on until you get it right. We're going to keep trying. We are team dolls, right? Right. Now, have you decided that you're team yet? Have you decided that you're, you're team now? Have you decided that we're a family, we're a team, and we ain't quitting, we ain't giving up? You can, you can knock us down, we'll get down, but with God's power, we're going to get back up, we're going to get up again, we're going to get up again, we're going to get up again. And let me just tell you something. You know what? And people ask me about our church. You know, we're building, and, and we have this construction going on now, and the rain just keeps coming, but that's all right. You know, we got this. Why? Why are we doing this? Because we decided a long time ago that we are Team SCC. And we decided that we, we don't, our kids might get knocked down and we might get knocked down, but we're not staying down as a church. We're getting up and we're rising again and we're looking to the next generation that we're going to pass our faith off to, that they're going to stand and they're going to make our community better and different. Our schools will get better. Our community will get better. Why? Because we are Team SCC, baby. We're team SEC. We're not giving up. We don't, sh listen, when bad things happen in our community and a horrible thing happens, a police officer got shot and killed in Henry County this week and it ripped our heart out, but we don't give up. We're going to love on that lady. We're going to love on this family and we're going to embrace our community. Why? Because we are team SEC. When they count one, you're down. Two, you're down. No, by the power of Jesus Christ, we're not staying out. We're up, baby. Amen. 
You got to decide who you're going to be. Are you, who are you? And Ron and I decided we're team dolls, and that's who we are. And we're team SEC. We don't run. We don't back down. We don't shut up. We stand up. Good grief. I'm sorry. I'm just getting it out. Because I believe it. 23 years, that's how. So that guy asked me, how do you spend a pastor 23 years at that church? I'll tell you why. Because we're team SEC. We don't quit. We don't stop. We keep going. When hard times come, we just say, God, you've got to help us. And we pray and we, we ask God to help us. And we keep moving on in his Holy Spirit. Oh, me. So I got a next step for you. We have something called Grow Track here at SEC to help you Understand all about Team SEC. Help you get on the Team SEC. Are you on a winning team? We're a winning team around here. And we want to invite you on. And so what I want you to do is, on the back of your card, you can check Growth Track. That means it, it tells you your next step at our church to be on the winning team. Okay, number three is this. You ready? Awesome families are centered around God. Awesome families are centered around God. So the question that I have is, how do you keep your family centered around God? Nobody taught me this stuff. We had, we've had to learn it. But I want to teach you so that you can, you can have this wisdom. And how do you do that? The Bible says this. We read this at every baby dedication. Look what it says. God speaking to Moses said, these commandments I have given you today are to be on your what? On your hearts. Look at this. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, he's saying that, hey, it's our job to pass our faith on, to have a God-centered home. So how do you do that? I, I have a couple things because I want to get practical with you. Again, tell you, out of, out of this message today, what I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to circle one thing say, I'm going to put into practice this week, just one thing. And so the first thing I would say this, if you're going to have a God-centered home, is you do it through conversations. Would you write that down through conversations? Conversations. One of the greatest ways to have conversations with your children is ask questions about their faith. Ask questions. As a matter of fact, if you've got, you got a kid here today, it's in our kid's place. Listen, when you get on, what you should ask, when that kid leaves kid's place, you should ask two questions. Number one, did you have fun? And number two, what'd you learn? Because that's what we ask every week. That's how, that's how our kids' church works. We always say, if a kid's not having fun, they're not going to learn. They're not going to come back. So they got to have fun, but we want them to learn something too, right? You know what? That's where our motto is the church too. We want you to have fun when you come here. We, when you come here, we want you to say, man, what in the world that crazy people, man, going to do today? You know? Hey, hallelujah, I got two more services to get to kiss my wife twice, two more times. I'm excited! You know, we do, do stupid stuff like that. Why? Because you're like, hey, that's pretty fun. I think I'll come back and check it out. And our process of thinking is this, is I hope that you learn something too. And see, we want you to learn something. And so ask questions. The other thing I would say is this, through generosity. Through generosity. You know, this is something that my father taught me, is to be generous. My dad was not a pastor. My dad was not, he's not, not a reverend, you know. I don't have pastors as, as my grandfather wasn't a pastor. None of that. But my dad learned the principle of tithing. He learned it when my brother died, 
It was a church that reached out to my father. And my dad had just begun to, to go to a church and he, and he just began to tithe. And, and my dad, they were very poor. But when my brother passed away, God, my dad had started tithing. He began to see the miracles of God begin to happen. He realized that God, God would have what he needed when he needed it. And so when I, become, when I started working my first public job, I worked many jobs. I worked, started working when I was like 14 years old. But my first public job, my dad said, son, he said, I'm telling you, you're going to start that job tomorrow, but you need to put God first in that. He says, if you will get your check and you'll give God 10% of it, you'll give it to, you'll do it by giving it to the church that you attend to, our church, and you'll give it back to God, God will bless you. And I want to tell you something. My dad has been preaching that message for years, and I've, I've done that. Like, I am a tither and a good giver to this church. I am. I, I tithe my income back to this church and, and give. And you know what? To, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, I'll get on the phone with my father because we call each other every Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. And, I'll, and I guarantee you, before we get off that phone call today, he'll start talking about tithing. Like, I'm like, Dad, listen, hey, I've been tithing for years. Ever since you told me that when I was 15 years old, I've been a tither, Dad. But he still, now, son, you've got to make sure you give your tithe to the Lord. I'm like, Dad, I, I've got it. You want me to send my record to you? Now, son, no, son, but I just want to make sure you don't miss God's blessings. And you've got to give, son. Now, listen, he said, now, listen. He said, son, I never knew anything a lot about investing. But he said, you know, I always gave him a tithe to God. He said, I always put a little extra in the offering bucket, too. He said, you know what? Son, my retirement plan was the offering bucket when it went by. He said, that's been my retirement plan. He said, son, let me tell you something. The stock market's up and the stock market's down. I don't know nothing about it, but God is always on time. Dad taught me that. No preacher taught me that. Dad taught me that. To be generous. And then let me say, the next one is through example. It's through example. So it's through conversation, through generosity, and through example that we keep God the center of our home. You know what? More is caught than taught. Would you agree with that? It's like, it, more is caught than taught. It's been said this, that children have never been very good at listening to their parents. Would you agree with that? I'm talking about you too. <laughs> you didn't listen to your parents either. But here's what they've done. They have never failed to imitate their parents. Did you hear that? They've not been very good at listening, but they've, been, they've never failed to imitate. What you do is what they're going to do. And that's the truth. You know, my dad, again, going back to my dad, we would sit at a traffic light, and my family's very impatient. And so, like, we're waiting at the traffic light, and it's not changing like it should. My dad said, anybody got a quarter? No, I don't have a quarter. He said, why? I said, why, Dad? Why do you need a quarter, Dad? He said, because somebody needs to put a quarter on that pole over there so the light will change. My kid's coming up. We're sitting at a traffic light. I said, hey, anybody got a quarter? My kid's like, no, what do you need a quarter for, Dad? I said, hey, we need to put a quarter on that pole so the light will change. My son the other, talked to me about a year ago. He said, you know what, Dad? He says, oh. He said, I found myself sitting in my uh, traffic light with my friends in the car. He said, you know what I said before? I could even think about it. <laughs> Anybody got a quarter? He went, ah! We, they imitate, right? They imitate what we do. And so what I would say this to you is that children are not looking for incredible parents. They're looking for credible parents. Amen? Can I talk to you, mom and dad, just a second? Listen, those of you that got junior high kids, middle school kids, high school, listen, you're not supposed to be cool right now. You understand that? You're trying to be cool. They don't even like you right now. 
And it's normal. It's normal for them to not like you. It's normal for them to say, you're gross. You know, it's normal for them to, sometimes they can walk in a room and you just breathe and they don't even like the way you breathe. I'm not kidding. I remember my daughter calling me. I'm just sitting around the supper table. She was looking at me and said, I'm like, what's wrong? You're breathing. Dang. What, 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 the other option is I don't, I die, you know? I mean, it's just middle school. Listen, it happens like that. So don't try, don't make, don't try to be cool. Listen, don't try, be the dorky parent. You know what? Just, just be the, just be a parent. That's all. Be a parent. They, they don't need, they don't need your cool friend. They don't need you to be cool. They don't need you to try to be cool. Just be the parent. Just be the parent. For the first time in 20 years, when students have been asked, when they've been asked, okay, who's, a, who's your hero? For the first time in 20 years, you know what? It used to be athletes. It used to be uh, movie stars. It was all of that. But the, for the first time in 20 years, right now, kids are saying, it's my mom and dad, my hero. That's my mom and dad. You know what that means? That means you just hang in there, baby, because we're, we're, team, we're team dolls, right? We're team dolls. You just hang in there, and the day will come that when they're going to come to you and say, you did a good job. I know you want them to say it right now, but they're not going to say it right now. You, they're going to get about 45 years old before they say it. <laughs> Am I right about that? Because I'm just now saying it to my parents. I'm going, oh, God, you were so good. So good. I want to say this to you. It's wonderful when we watch our kids get baptized. Wouldn't you agree with that? But let me tell you what's more wonderful is when your kids get to see you get baptized. Some of you sitting in this room, you got baptized, you little kid, you ain't lived up that baptism. You've rededicated your life. You know what? It'd be good for you to take the dive to go under. You know why? Because you give the kids a front road seat to what God's doing in your life. And there's nothing greater than that. You, you can sign up for baptism. It's on the back of your connection card. We'd love to baptize. You say, how many times do you get baptized? I say, many times it takes. That's right. Many times it takes. We'll baptize you as long every time you want to. Hey, every, every month, if you need it, we'll do it. We will, get, we will get you clean, baby. Number four, would you write this down? Through prayer. Through prayer. That's how we center around God. Finish this statement with me. You ready? The family that prays together. Do you believe that? Well, we got to do it, right? Remember that one thing, that one thing? How do, you, how do we, why? Because prayer breathing brings hope into our homes. And what is hope? This is hope. You ready to write this down? Hope is home. Here we go. Home of prayer every day. That's what hope is. That's what home. Now, if you want hope in your home, it's got to be a home of prayer every day. And you know what? Here's how you do it. Listen, as a family, here's how you do it. Listen, when our kids were smaller, listen, when they were little, we went in and we'd read bedtimes and we'd read Bible stories to them while they were little. And, and we'd get on the knees and our, we'd pray beside their bed. You know, we'd pray with them and when they were little kids. But once they get to be teenagers and all this, it don't work. Okay, remember, you're a freak. Get out of my room. Remember that, right? 
So what we have to do, then a good place to do it is around the dinner table. Listen, every time before you have a meal, you say the blessing. Ask God to bless the food. And can I just tell you something as a parent? Don't just teach your kids a prayer and let them do it all the time. Don't, don't say, don't, you know, God is great and God is good. That's all wonderful when they're little. That's fantastic. But they need to see you do it. They need to see you do it. You know, you say, you, and then listen, what do you pray? You say, God, thank you that I got my family around me and thank you for this food. Amen. A pure prayer is greater than anything else that can be memorized. Just say thank you. Do it with them. The Bible says this in Psalms 127 and 1. Look what it says. Unless the Lord, what? Unless the Lord builds a house, his labors are in vain. And, and that's why I have this bracelet. We gave you guys this bracelet last week. And if you didn't get one, go to the XO table right out there. There's the one out there. But we don't remind you, it takes God. It takes you and your spouse and God to build your home. Without God, it will not work, my friend. You're going to be frustrated and you're going to be down. You have nobody to help you up. Listen, how can Ron and I be team dolls? I'll tell you, because it's not never just been Ron and I. It's been the Holy Spirit of God that's been in the middle of our marriage and when we felt like we couldn't go on when we wanted to give up there was something inside of us that said you can get back up even though the righteous fall seven times they get back up again why because we learned to be a home of prayer and we would pray for each other we pray for our children and what gives me the confidence today with my children is that when they were little we prayed God's blessing over them. when they've been around the table we prayed God's blessing over them. and today every night before we go to sleep we pray God's blessings over them. Why? Because we believe it takes almighty God to build a home. Amen? And listen, yes, yes, yes. And you've got to be a Christ follower. If you're not a Christ follower, friend, this doesn't work. And so we have a prayer inside of your program. It's here. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. You know, this, you know what this prayer is? It's the first prayer that you pray. And then listen, after you pray this prayer, all your prayers have power after this. Look what it says. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. In Jesus' name. That's a Christ follower. If that's you today, and you're praying that prayer right now, you say, that's me, Pastor, then just check it on the back of this connection card that you're praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Why? Because we gotta have, we got to have God. That's the first prayer. Once you start that prayer, then all your other prayer have power. It's the first prayer that you pray. And today, we made a decision that we're going to follow Jesus. If the Lord builds a house, right? If the Lord builds a house, have you made that decision that God's going to build your home? Would you stand with me right now and let me pray with you? Come on, let's pray together. Today our prayer is that we've decided that the Lord's going to build our house. Amen? Father, Heavenly Father, right now in the name of your Son, Jesus. And we've made a decision, oh God, that we're going to, Lord, we're going to build our families around you. That they're going to be centered around you. And so, Lord, we've decided to follow you. Lord, we have made a decision that we will follow you. That no matter what the world does, no matter what comes our way, God, we made the decision that we are Team SCC with you, God. We're running our team dolls, oh God, because of you. We made a decision. We will follow you. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. 
If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.